one, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the latest episode of Behind the Barbell. You have myself, Ash Norman, and my co-host, Mr. Robbie Carpenter. Hello guys. So today's a little bit different. Uh, we are going to talk about common mistakes that newbies uh, complete or do within their training. Now, this is a subject that many people have actually covered, but to be perfectly honest, 99% of the time those people are selling a product that they're trying to pitch those people. That's no shots fired, it's just the honest truth. Whereas we are wanting to help as many people as we can, because obviously it's a subject that is a very complex world, the fitness world, isn't it, when they first come into it. And it's so easy to become um, very blindsided by marketing schemes. And a lot of the time, false realities, you know. We have an age of which there's a, a massive uh, crisis in respects to photoshopping or at least photo editing. Um, people are made to look in ways that actually technically they're not. Um, and it's all about the angles at the end there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So we wrote out a few questions or a few bullet points that we wanted to talk about. Basically, it's like five or six points that we wanted to elaborate on. And hopefully it will help you guys and help anyone new that is actually starting the gym rather than being bogged down in a whole world of shit that can actually occur quite frequently. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, rookie mistakes in a gym isn't just geared towards, you know, people that are new to the gym, but mm. people might be, you know, two, three years into their training and making these mistakes. Yeah. I know I did. Mm. I made I made a couple of these mistakes a few years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely it's a... Definitely a good topic to talk about to help people out there, you know, who one aren't sure about what they're doing or are rope or, you know, two roped into something that doing what they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, we do forewarn you, it is quite late at night at the moment. So we are currently working around various different hours, aren't we? So we do apologize if some bits are rambled or go on tangents. We're both very tired and quite highly caffeinated at the moment. Yeah, or if you hear us sipping coffee. Yes. We'll try so not to do that on, on microphone. The joys of being an entrepreneur. Anyway, guys, so the first point we want to talk about is overtraining. Now, overtraining is a very, very complex conversation. We're not going to dive too deeply in it because obviously there's some people that believe that there's no such thing as overtraining. There's just under recovery, which we don't agree with. I hate that phrase so much. Yeah, it's one of those things that overtraining is 110% real. Um, prime example, our last cycle that we run, um, it got to the point where my joints were absolutely killing me, weren't they? Well, we did a we did a um, a strength cycle, mm. you know, so to speak, to the point where we actually sacrificed conditioning, so yeah. we didn't do any conditioning work to reduce the volume to cater for the amount of neurological stress we were going to go through. Yeah, and um, you know, we still slightly overprogrammed it. Yeah, hundred percent. And at the end of the day, everyone always makes mistakes, no matter how long you've been in this industry or anything other. Like no matter what your knowledge. You are going to make mistakes, and it's just one of those things. But overtraining as a whole is a definite thing, and it's it's far too often that newcomers or general, like, what's the right wording for this? General public? General public feel that more is better, when in reality, it's not. No. Uh, do you know what? It's the, the era of functional fitness that has massively coined the more is better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since, and, you know, a big, um, what's the word? I suppose, I suppose if we look in the CrossFit world, you know, Rich Froning is known for his ability to train eight times a day, Mm. every day and keep going and perform at the level of athlete that he is. And, you know, we don't know what his nutrition is. I know he's open about, he's with, um, Renaissance periodization now, RP strength. Yeah. 
they look after his nutrition and obviously he's got sponsorship with different supplement companies but you know I think it, a lot of it is highlighted that he trains to his max intensity eight times a day when he doesn't he does a lot of a lot of his workouts are very low intensity you know looking after himself sort of stuff and um you know a lot of people just assume that he's doing 2159s and 10 minute amraps all day long and strength programming and stuff when the reality is he's not no but that's just kind of the area mm. people focus on and even with like it's it's definitely like the sort of the crossfit mentality is doing more is better because you know the whole crossfit is crossfit thing is that you've got to be good at everything right mm. so you've got to do everything which is not true no it's absolutely not true. It's better to be technically proficient in a movement rather than battering a movement that you're not particularly that great at, but at volume. 100%. And a lot of movements carry over. Yeah. So a lot of people try and, you know, master the thruster when they haven't mastered a front squat mm. or even master an air squat. Yeah. 100%. You know, you've got, to, you've got to build the foundation first and that's why people are getting injured or not progressing just because they're not mastering basics. Yeah. 100%. You know, it leads... It leads very, very nicely into the next point, and obviously it's going to be quite a broad subject, but overcomplicating programming. Now, I spoke to someone in the gym the other day, and I was he's brand new to lifting. He's been doing doing it for probably about three, four weeks. Now, what people don't seem to realise is, you've probably heard of the term newbie gains. Now, that is actually a genuine thing. So when you start lifting, your body is having... Basically, it's like a shock. So it's a new stimulus to the system. The, the system only has one option. That is to grow. Or to get stronger adapt is the word. that's yeah. the word yeah i couldn't remember what the word was but so i was talking to this young lad and you know to be completely honest like he'd done his research he found this program that he found on i believe like bodybuilding.com or something like that and i was like, oh what does this program entail then and it it turned out it was like a six-day split and he was individually targeting muscle groups now i said to him i was like you don't need that you know, you are brand new to lifting. And he didn't take offence, thankfully, from, from me saying that. But like, I explained why. Because when you're brand new to lifting, you don't have that mind-to-muscle connection that is required for especially individual muscle group training. You know, you need to know your body inside out to be able to complete that program into the best possible way. So I spoke to him and I was just like, look, why don't you do push-pull, you know, or upper-lower? So Monday, upper session one. Tuesday, Lower session, day off. Thursday, upper session. It needs to be that basic because when you are brand new, guys, you will grow at anything. Do you know what? Like the the first year is your best year of training. 100%. Um, and a lot of people, you know, don't realise that. I mean, I am gutted I didn't take advantage of my teenage years mm. um, properly. I did, you know, curls to the girls, yeah. bench to get hench. Mm-hmm. And... You know, if I started squatting with good form at that age, I'd love to think what I'd be lifting at this point. But yeah. you know, um, that first year, even no matter what age you are, you will adapt to anything. Yeah. However, you train is what you're adapting to because it's this new, brand new stimulus to the body, and um, that's what makes it harder as you get further into your training. You know, mm. that's when you know you've probably, you guys probably heard the term like plateauing. Mm-hmm. That's when your body stops adapting to that stimulus, and you have to start changing it up mixing it up yeah and that goes into you know um more advanced uh sort of programming and stuff yeah. which we're which we'll get onto later but yeah. like over complicating in the earlier stages of your training is probably the worst thing you can do for your progression yeah, yeah. when you're in the early early stages you want to be nailing the basic movements mm. working on your mobility and you'll make you know even just simple as squat bench dead yeah um or squat bench overhead press or whatever like mm. just doing that as your main compounds and then you know, just doing some basic 
basic movements after that you'll you'll absolutely grow a ton yeah and yeah it leads on to the point of like patience is a virtue when you start this you have to you know if, if you were going to be building a skyscraper you're not going to build that skyscraper on mud and definitely not from the top down exactly so you need to build that foundation within your body to be able to actually do those advanced programs in the future but you don't want to rush that process because if you're not patient when you're doing that guys it's going to be leading it's just such a high risk of injury there is no point in you doing it no agreed you've just got to take that step back and in some ways pay your dues i think that's the right way of saying it that's a great way of saying it because this is a marathon it's not a sprint anyone that does anything at sprint pace is a very very short-term athlete now, those athletes are extremely advanced and they have that set goal that they're aiming for. Mm. Like, prime example, Ed Hall. Prime example. I'm not saying he stopped, by the way. 100% not saying that, by the way. But, like, he peaked his absolute pinnacle at a 500 kilo deadlift. Then he stopped. But he put everything in his tr- into his training. His training was ex- very, very specific. But if you're a brand new person... And you shouldn't be doing the Ed Hall Deadlift program. No, no. Build your foundations, guys. Be patient with what you're doing and learn about your body because that mind-to-muscle connection is invaluable. You will learn so much about your body and how it moves. And do some research. Like this young lad who obviously done his research and found this program, but obviously this program was uh, tailored towards the newbie you know, given the quotations of the Ultimate Gains program or some other fucking bollocks. Um, but, you know, do your research. Learn about the body. Learn how the body moves. How you're supposed to be technically moving or being technically proficient. We constantly say that word, but it's it's so slept on, isn't it? Mm. Like, people seem so focused on maxing out movements, complex movements, when they've been doing it for, like, two weeks. Yeah, it's the... Um Again, I hate to say it, but it's the area of CrossFit. You yeah. know, CrossFit has brought or brought over like the flashy movements. Mm. You know, like the Olympic weightlifting is Olympic weightlifting has exploded. Yeah. yeah. In the last, you know, ten years, mm. it's just everyone is doing it. Yeah. And um, which is great for Olympic weightlifting, but a lot of people are doing it so prematurely. Yeah, hundred percent. And even it's like kipping, kipping and, on pull-ups. And we're in the gymnastics side, kipping, yeah. kipping pull-ups are killing people's shoulders. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of arguments saying is, do you have to learn strict before kipping? I'm a big advocate of yes, mm. but not strict before kipping. I'm a big advocate as like 90% of your gymnastics training should be based on strength. Yeah. Strict strength. Because, mm. you know, the way I always explain it to people I train is that your strict strength will carry over to your kipping, kipping ability. Yep. It doesn't work the other way around. No, so why spend, you know, why spend so much time on like kipping endurance? It's like, um, I can't, was it regionals where there was strict handstand push-ups? Not regionals, sorry, open. Was that in the open? It was in the open, yeah. And so many people fell apart. And couldn't do them. Because they hadn't practiced their strict, they'd well, just done kipping. there was people that could do strict, but when they got to that point in the workout, they were so, there was so much lactate in their blood that their triceps just wouldn't work. Mm. And, you know... I'm not the fittest bloke in the world, I'll be honest. And especially when the Open came, I wasn't in that great shape, but I still managed to bang out quite a few just because I prioritise strict strength. Yeah. And especially with gymnastics, like people, you know, say, oh, everything you do looks effortless. It's because my strict strength is right up there. Like mm. I've got a 60 kilo strict pull-up. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, how do you do a strict by muscle up? It's because I can pull me and over half of me to you know and it makes my life a lot easier yeah 100 percent. and it's the same with my deadlift 
you know, people are like, well, how do you lift that? Well, it's because I've learned my limb length. I've learned what height my hip needs to be at. I learned how to generate force in certain ways. And you learn to set up. And- yeah, it takes time and you have to learn these things. And going to heavy loads will not teach you these things. It will just lead to ego lifting. And that ego lifting will, in turn, Lead fuck you up. Yeah. And, you know, it is absurd to me whenever I see it because... If you want, if you truly love this lifestyle, you will be doing everything and everything to recover and stay away from injury. Mm. Because it, we're a prime example. If we couldn't train for a week, I think we'd be a little bit screwed up. I would have to go at least do buys and tries. Yeah, because it's just what it becomes a lifestyle where you you have to do these things to actually feel alive in a way it's an interesting one because that that could be for another podcast mm. podcast the whole like mentality of training and stuff but i definitely would feel very lost if yeah. i couldn't train i had a period of probably about six months where i didn't train because of my back mm. and that was bad but that's a great example of um learning to deadlift properly yeah 100 percent. i i actually spoke to someone uh one of the members of staff at work and i said to him i was like actually that back injury looking back on it now gave me that time to research mm. and i was like right what went wrong uh, apologies for that noise there rob just smashed his mic but um but yeah so you know i researched what went wrong and i, I realized that actually i wasn't moving and utilizing my limbs i was relying too much on my posterior rather than using my anterior basically his back pretty much yeah um if you know me you'll know that my posterior chain is like a fucking rod and then my anterior is just weak as shit. Wow, that's why we've got you front squatting. Yes, the joyous thing of front squats. But there we go, prime example. I've been training for quite a while. My lifts are okay. Um, and guess what? I'm going back to basics. You know, I don't understand why it's such a major thing for people to lose the ego and actually just say, right, I need to take, take a step back. Let's work out what's going wrong. And let's step forward in that way. I mean, this conversation has gone on a massive tangent, but... It is a case of you are a constant sh- uh, student of this game. You 100%. Know. Well, like the topic we were starting with is overcomplicated. And that's, that doesn't just stem from programming. That stems with movements. Yep. stems with the equipment you use. Mm. Everything. So that's a, a big one to take away if yep. you're listening, guys, is just overcomplicating, especially at the early stages, is just such a bad idea. I think it's quite, it simple. quite good to go on to the next topic, even though it's further down on the list. But the overuse of equipment this drives me mental um if you have a pre-existing back injury um don't really agree with you wearing a belt because you really should sort your problem out but at the same time if it's a safety measure okay fair enough but don't use your belt for every single thing and quite honestly if you cannot do a main compound without a belt you shouldn't be doing it yeah i think the general rule of thumb is that you belt up at 80 percent plus or even 85 percent plus of your one rep max um, and I see people belting up for a movement which you know you shouldn't even have a one rep max for. It's like tricep pushdowns. I saw someone wearing a belt whilst doing tricep pushdowns. Yeah, it, it's just really it's just a bizarre concept to me. Um, the whole era of the belt, why mm. people would walk around the gym in a belt. Like if you're wearing a belt and walk around the gym, you know, you haven't got it on tight enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's very bizarre. Um, I obviously we both use a belt Mm -hmm. when we lift heavy yep you know because one we both know how to brace Mm -hmm. properly yep so bracing is a core thing 
not an ab thing. So a lot of people brace yeah. by squeezing their abs, mm. which is pretty much the opposite of what you should be doing. You should be breathing into your into your stomach, as if that's a good way of you yeah. know explaining it simply. Buddha and f- belly, yeah, Buddha belly, and, mm. and filling out your stomach and obviously increasing the um, the surface area of your core, essentially, yeah, from internal pressure. And the idea of the belt is just to stabilize that pressure and so you're pushing out against a further brace mm. um if you don't know how to brace without a belt you shouldn't be wearing you shouldn't be wearing a belt no. learn. learn learn how to do it it takes time and it you know i actually i very rarely use a belt now do i because no. i i find them very uncomfortable um you know if you've got the belt on correctly guys they're not meant to be comfortable they're there for a purpose same with like wrist wraps wrist wraps are meant to be wrapped tight yeah because they're keeping your wrist alignment aligned with your uh, aligned with your elbow, um, but again, that's that's another thing. People overusing wrist wraps, and then their tendons being weak, they just can't do anything without them. Well, my one with wrist wraps is that people wear them as if they're a pair of sweatbands. Yeah. They don't go over the joint of the wrist. They no. wear them, and then the wrist still flops around. Yeah, yeah. Like you shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to flex and extend your wrist freely if you're wearing wrist wraps. The point of a wrist wrap is to lock your wrist in place. Yeah, exactly. Or at least incre- increase, in, uh, sorry, at least minimize the movement of the wrist. Mm. Um, so that that's that that one winds me the yeah. fuck up. Yeah, is people that wear wrist wraps as sweatbands. As I, that's how I that's how I uh, yeah. pronounce it. And also people that leave the thumb holder on. Mm. <laughs> Guys, do you not realize that's actually pulling on your thumb in a way that should not happen? Oh, that's- it's not made to do that. I think I've taught that probably more than I've taught people how to escort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is with wrist wraps, if you do them correctly, you want to get those things off as quickly as you possibly can. They're like knee wraps. You need yeah. to pull it so tight that to keep the wrist in, in a line. But at the same time, if you're brand new, guys, unless you have a pre-existing injury, you do not need wrist wraps. No. You, you are just not strong enough to lift that load if your wrists are hurting. Pay maybe, your dues. If your wrists hurt, maybe you should look at that instead. Thank you. <laughs> you know as you said uh, the other day about lifters weightlifting yeah. shoes so lifting shoes is a very very interesting topic um, because time and time again I've heard people saying I struggle with the squat maybe you should try and spare lifters lifters are not a way around you know improving your movement mechanics lifters are a tool for you mm. to use basically a lifter lifting shoe for those of you that don't know is a shoe with a raised heel and a very, very solid platform to increase your stability. Mm-hmm. Um, the raised heel uh, allows you to track your knees further over your toes, so imp- increase artificially your ankle dorsiflexion. Mm-hmm. And how they use that is so you can get your hips over your heels and under your shoulders to be able to sit more upright for Olympic weightlifting. So when you're doing front squats, you know, high bar back squats, mm-hmm. overhead squats, snatch, clean, even pressing overhead so when you do a push jerk when you dip and drive you actually push your knees forward and out yeah. and then extend you don't push the hips back because you want your hips underneath the bar the whole time right mm-hmm. and you know people rely on lifters in order to put themselves in a better position mm-hmm. it's like the issue is you need to work on your mobility so you can use those lifters as a tool mm-hmm. not I have to wear lifters because I can't squat in a position I need to yeah that's the thing like both Which, of us can lift without them Oh, it, it might take me a while to warm up, but yeah. I could easily hit depth easily in normal shoes. The reason why we use them is because we know how to use them. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's been studies about the creation of torque that they produce. 
We know how to do that. Whereas if you're brand new to it, buying a £180 pair of shoes, it's like Louis Simmons' uh, quote, um, don't have a $100 pair of shoes with a 50 cent squat or something like that, 10 cent squat. Sounds like Louis Simmons. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it is true though, because, I mean, admittedly, we are not huge squatters in the grand scheme of things, but in respect to general population, yeah, our numbers are fairly decent. Um, But having these tools takes time to learn. Prime example is I used knee sleeves, didn't I, on our previous training cycle. And sorry, knee wraps. wraps. Apologies, knee wraps. Um, And some people may be sitting there like, well, why are you using wraps if your squat isn't huge? The reason why I used them was... So, as we were talking about, we were talking about knee wraps. So, we done a, I done a cycle uh, with knee wraps, and people asked like why I was using it. And uh, basically, I used it so that if one of our athletes, which, to be perfectly honest, we would actually say no to them using them, but if uh, one of them come over and wanted some advice as to what they feel like, uh, how I enjoyed them, at least then we have information, don't we? We have information to give them. Yeah, it's it's more. I suppose you did it more for the fact that you just wanted to learn about them. Yeah, hundred percent. More than make them like as part of your like training. Yeah, I don't think I would use them very often. I really enjoy using them. I think they're great fun because they are a different squat, and I will reiterate that it is a different squat Mm. compared to just squatting in sleeves. It's actually very very complex. So that's pretty much the reason why I use them but we try and keep the use of equipment down to a minimum don't we really yeah I mean as much as I use is lifters belt and knee sleeves yeah I don't use any other equipment no. I don't own any other equipment actually no. um, you know I use neoprene knee sleeves same with yourself you know it keeps the joints warm yeah it just keeps my knees warm yeah there, there's no rebound effect in them whatsoever it's all about keeping our joints healthy and happy yeah I mean a lot of people say like oh if your knees are healthy you shouldn't need them it's mm. like well my knees are healthy but I wear them just so they don't get worse it's all about especially longevity. When, especially when if I'm doing heavier squats yeah. or Olympic lifting that's why I wear them but if I'm just doing um, Bulgarian split squats whatever, I'm not going to bother with them no don't no. need them for that no you know as we said before it's a marathon not a sprint and we're in this for the long term you know we don't want to put our joints at risk oh, when, definitely, definitely. when we could actually prevent any injury um, but yeah so if, if you are a newcomer you know purchasing equipment unless you have an injury of sorts i wouldn't recommend it i don't know about you no just my advice is do your research yeah and and just think about it for a second like do you need it Mm. like i've got a i've got like the rogue ohio leather belt yeah like a pretty thick powerlifting belt and i need it now but when i bought it at the time i didn't Mm. didn't need it i didn't i didn't really power lift yeah to be honest um so i spent 90 quid on a belt that i used you know just for looking cool yeah no it's it is one of those things that sometimes materialism does come into it but we won't go into that topic anyway um we are going to take a short break um we'll be back in a moment to speak more about rookie mistakes or newbie mistakes literally two seconds literally two seconds all right guys all right let's get on do you go lifting? Uh, let's go to not asking for help. What's going on, guys? And we are back. The next topic of conversation is not asking for help. So this is a this is a really good topic to talk about because this is the social media era is the year of learning everything off YouTube. Oh yes. And can't lie, 
I've done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've learned how to. So basically, I've been learning how to sumo deadlift, um, which is you know quite. Yeah. A... <laughs> that awkward silence. <laughs> you've got to be. It's a skill. It's definitely a skill, and you've got to have good enough mobility to do it. Okay. Therefore, it's more challenging than conventional deadlift. Bah. Bullshit. True. <laughs> conventional deadlift is like, just pick up the bar and go for it. I mean, compared to sumo deadlift, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't sumo deadlift for shit. I mean, I can, but not technically proficiently. Like, I don't have the mobility for it, to be fair. Yeah. The reason I moved to sumo deadlift is because I sucked at conventional. So, I wouldn't advise that on anyone. I did it purely to... You know, one, try something new, but also to, you know, kind of move away from something I was bad at, which is... Was in, that ego lifting? It wasn't ego lifting because I was actually worse at sumo deadlift at the time than I was at conventional. Yeah, to be fair, you were pretty shit when you first started. Exactly. So, um, so it wasn't ego lifting. It was moving away from something I was bad at. Denial. Denial. Not wrong. He's not wrong. Um, so, yes, I'm spending time on conventional indirectly i'm doing a lot of like posterior chain work back extensions stuff like that but um anyway back on to what we're talking about is just not asking for help mm. um luckily i'm surrounded by people who are very knowledgeable in the powerlifting world why thank you yes you are one of them yay um uh previous guest we had willie lifts lol you are that- changing that name Will. <laughs> so will lewis and we had the pleasure of going down to alpha omega recently and meeting up with Adam Hindle and Lee and crew. Monsters. Absolute monsters. And, you know, you know, I'd love to go back down there and get some tips on, yeah, get some advice on some of the lower body stuff like squatting and deadlifting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, very lucky to have some very knowledgeable people in that field uh, by my corner. And I am not shy to ask for help about stuff I don't know about. Mate, you've got to. You've got to. There's, You can't beat someone showing you how to do it that knows what they're talking about mm. than just learning from YouTube. Yeah. you just It's just not the same. Mm. And don't be willing, uh, don't be unwilling to pay for it. No, absolutely not. Otherwise, people like me are out of business. Hundred <laughs> percent, You know, edu- education is so important when lifting. So important, and seminars are, especially intimate seminars, are such an incredible tool to learn. Big time. Um, you know I've had the privilege of going, going on various seminars and I learned so much on that day because they're hands on they're hands on with what you do so being unwilling to ask for help is a recipe for disaster because there are people out there that know so much more than we do you know we never profess to be experts in anything to be fair um, but you know we have a, a decent knowledge obviously between the two of us but we are constantly asking people help Will Lewis prime example when I first started using wraps, I was like, Will, how the fuck do I wrap my knees? And he sat me down, he'd done it for me and showed me how to do it. He also showed, he taught us how to squat in them. And no, he's taught you how to squat in them, not me yet. Yeah, you're going to be I'm next. savage when you do it. But I'm next. You know, there's a prime example of like, we, us two are coaches, yet we're still asking other coaches how to do things. I've been in the fitness industry for seven plus years now. Mm. And even to this day, I'm constantly learning from other people. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Um, if Especially because you never know what client, as a PT, you never know what sort of client you're going to get mm. at any point in the time. And if I get a client that's into powerlifting, I have a pretty good knowledge of it now. Mm. Um, I'm pretty comfortable taking a powerlifter on now. Um, but three years ago, I'd mm. be like, uh, well, let's just do a generic yeah. linear progression, back squat, bench press, deadlift cycle. Well, that, that's the situation I'm in at the moment. Um, 
which you know in hindsight would probably work quite well for most people yeah but yeah. um like i'd like it's good to have you know a little bit more knowledge than you need yeah. as i as, as i guess is that if that's a way of putting it um like i i don't know how to use wraps but mm. You know, I'm doing a little Road 2 series at the moment where the last two weeks is going to be me learning how to use wraps mm. in order to boost my bat squat up just that little bit more so I can hit my goal. Yeah. Um, but that is that is so important is ask, if you know people that are good in their field, ask them advice. And, you know, most of the time, most of the time, they are more than happy to share it with you for free. Yeah. That's the thing, like, I often refer to myself as like a hyperactive squirrel at work because I'm constantly asking the other coaches for advice. I'm constantly asking about different things that I just don't know about. You know, a prime example is I have a fairly decent uh, knowledge about strength and conditioning, but my knowledge of nutrition is terrible. Well, it's not terrible. I understand it, but at the same time, it's not detailed enough for what I want. So what do I do? Ask other people. Uh, Yeah, same with me in nutrition. I don't research it enough. Um, I'm very much a calories in versus calories out and hit your protein goal. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's the the advice I tend to give. And, you know, if people have, like, specialist issues like, you know, Crohn's or whatever, Mm. like, that's that's not me. I can't help you with that. That's well out of my depth. You know, having the ability to say no is like a magic pill in this world. Yeah. I would never tell someone, you know, with that level of issue in terms of, you know, Mm. in terms of nutrition, oh, yeah, do this. Because yeah. I read it online somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree completely. That's someone, someone's health you're playing with. Exactly, and this this is what pisses me off with shit coaches, um, because you see coaches getting their athletes. I say athletes, their clients. Um, uh, to be fair, all clients are athletes in some ways, but um, you know, a client that's only been lifting for a week and they get them to max out a movement, and oh, that's another topic of conversation which we won't go into because I get very, very angry about it. Mm. But we can move on. So basically brought like long term long conversation short guys just ask for help if you don't know ask for help yeah don't rely completely on youtube because there is so much fucking bullshit on that uh chant on that website um if you don't want bullshit please follow all that performance <laughs> yeah. uk yes subscribe like pretty and much like a unbullshit channel and plugged yeah, yeah. <laughs> so subtle but we're gonna move on to ego lifting like Rob with a sumo deadlifting because it's gay. It's technically not ego lifting. Gay. Because I'm putting aside the fact that it's not cool or it's. <laughs> it is and it's not. People that sumo deadlift think it's the coolest thing in the world and people that don't absolutely hate it. I don't hate it. Yes, you do, don't I? I wish I could do it. <laughs> I genuinely wish I could do it, but it's, it's a case of just. I think old injuries and my mobility issues. No, I haven't got issues, but my mobility. Um, it's definitely an issue. <laughs> yeah, it just it's getting better though. It, it just you know in that regards, I've taken a step back, haven't I? In that respect, yes. Yeah. Um, working very very heavily on my mobility because it was pretty poor at one point. Um, but you know, ego lifting is is far far too frequent. Um, and again, there is a place for it in very very advanced athletes. I what, think ego lifting or actual like Cheap testing. Reps. So uh, there, I can't. Who does it now? Um, there, there's an athlete that I follow, and on occasion, so like it's um, a bicep curl, but he cheat reps up and then focus on the eccentric portion of the movement. We're not going to go into that because that gets a bit more in depth. Yeah, exactly. Um, but ego lifting, guys, just leave it out the door. You know, it's a recipe for disaster. Just so 
ego lifting is either for the pretty girl in the corner of the gym that you hope's watching you or for the gram yeah for social media mm. um by the way girl or guy because yes, indeed girls can ego lift too yes <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah try not to cause a stir on our podcast straight yes, off the bat but yes. um you know it's um ego lifting yeah. <laughs> ego lift ego lifting whether you're male female young old whatever mm. you know just shouldn't be done no uh most like 95 percent of your training should be you know building up to you know working with good form making sure everything's moving the way it should mm-hmm. all that malarkey like that one rep max you see on instagram from the professional athlete they spent at least eight, maybe 12 weeks peaking for that one yep. rep max yep. or even longer. Mm. Some people max out once a year. It's, it's quite funny. I've become a bit of a Nazi form, haven't I? Uh, uh, yeah, Nazi form. Uh, in form Nazi, form Nazi, that's the wording. It's late at night, guys. I do apologise. Form police. Yeah. Um, you know, with my front squat. You stop early. Yeah, because... You stop too early. Yeah, because... Because something doesn't feel right. <laughs> I, You know... I wouldn't say I've done the ego lifting, but on some occasions my form has deteriorated just to complete a lift. And I realized actually for me to be in this game for a long time, I need to scrap that. Um, And in my honest opinion, fantastic if you hit a one rep max, absolutely brilliant. You know, form deterioration and one rep max, yeah, it's going to happen on time, on occasions. But if you're going sub-maximal and your form's going to shit, guys, it looks bad. You know, even aesthetically it looks bad. If your form's going to shit, it's leading to injury. Yeah. And then you're going to have to call me because I'm a soft tissue therapist and that's what I do. And then call me to coach you. <laughs> um, we're yeah, definitely not selling products. No. <laughs> we're not We're not plugging anything. 100% just contradicted ourselves from the introduction. <laughs> we ain't plugging. Um, no, but um, like, especially, obviously the, the compound lifts mm. need to be treated with respect. Yeah. Don't start loading up for the sake of lifting heavier weight. Mm. Like, if you have goals to achieve, you should be building up towards them, not trying to hit them in your first two weeks. No. Um, a lot of people will do everything and everything, anything, everything and anything to get to that weight. But you know what? If you don't get to that weight in, the, in your first cycle, Who don't worry about cares? it. Do it in your next cycle. Oh, yeah. Patience is a virtue. Patience is a virtue because, like you said, strength training is a long process. Yeah. Even if you're starting new, you will make a lot of gains straight off the bat. Mm. But, you know, that level of progression will start to slow down. Yep. Not to say that it will stop if if you're clever and you get, if you do your research or if you hire a clever coach. And ask for help. And ask what performance you can for. (laughs) (laughs) Shalom. Um, You know, you can still make great progress, but, Mm. you know, you're not going to gain. What if in your, after your first year you're not going to start gaining 20 30 kilos on your lifts it's going to be more like five two and a half well if you, if you think about it, if they've got like a 60 kilo deadlift within the first year they get to 90 but it's one of those things yeah that's what i mean in it's your, all relative that's what yeah. i mean like yeah. in your early stages you are probably going to make 20 30 kilo improvements oh, after God, one yeah. cycle yeah God, one yeah. just learning the movement proficiency mm. you know like you said earlier the muscle activation understanding what muscles to contract how to contract them harder because obviously your neurological system massively improves mm. um but um, with the, you know, once you've got all that, it's pure performance yep. internally for, for in terms um, in terms of progression. Mm. It took me, just to give you guys some perspective, I, I Olympic lift quite a lot and a snatch is a very complex movement and oh, people yes. expect snatch to go up five, 
10 kilo at a time. Wait, doesn't. It, it doesn't? No. Well, tell some coaches that. <laughs> My snack, it took me... Now, being honest, I probably didn't program the way I should have, but it still took me about a year to put on five kilos to my snatch. Mm. Well, it's like... Um, a year and a half, actually, if I'm being honest. Oh, uh, Dave Hoff, uh, Westside Powerlifter, he grafted for four, I think it's three or four years to put on five... Five pounds, was it? Five pounds on his total. Yeah, that was it. That's a very advanced lifter. Yeah. But and that was in the Westside documentary, right? Yes. Highly recommend you guys check that out. It's amazing, very interesting. Like, amazing documentary, but true. Yeah. Four years, wasn't it? Yeah. To gain five pounds? Yep. I think it was five pounds. I think it was five pounds. It was, very, it was a minimal amount, but... I watched it today. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was five pounds. The joys of being sleep deprived. Oh, but, um, you know, it's... You've, you've got to realise, guys, that putting on kilos on your lifts, especially when you... I wouldn't say obviously when you get to the heavier loads it's going to take some time it takes time to put on kilos onto your lifts because you know your body adapts and you need to find new ways of uh, you know creating stimulus and all that sort of thing but it's again it all links to patience doesn't it it really does and we can't reiterate it enough that rushing any of this stuff is a recipe that is just going to cause you to be in A&E and out for a very long time Um, so you have to Take your time with it, hundred um, percent. Which, um, which is such a important mindset to have is to be patient with your strength training. Yeah, be patient. I mean, this isn't the sort of the. I'm not really talking to sort of the rookies of the gym now. I'm talking to people who have been training for about a year, two years, and your progression isn't as quick as it was. Mm. Be patient. Yeah. Don't expect your training to, you know, skyrocket like it did in your first year because it's just not. Mm. It's just not, and I know it's frustrating, but mm. it's just, it is what it is. You've also got to study, you know, study how your body's moving. Should your body be moving in that way? If it's not, right, how can I mend that? What muscle groups aren't working? What muscle groups aren't firing correctly? You is know, my limb length different from the person I admire? Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Not every, every single human on this planet is different. And there are some people, uh, very much like Scott at Alpha Omega, um, he is built for powerlifting, especially bench and squat. That guy is actually oh, made for it. He is a machine. But for deadlift, ah, he's not built for it because he's got short limbs. That I'm, this is not disrespectful, obviously. It's just a complete observation. And even he says it himself. He benches more than he deadlifts. Which is, But to put that in perspective, guys, I think he's got like a 340 or 350 bench, I think. it Well... When they did, they did eight plates, so that was 340 yeah. when we were there. And that was with ease. That was um, actually amazing. So every single person, every single human body is different. So you have to learn about your own body. You know, I lift, I deadlift with an ever so slight upper back rounding. That is because I'm increasing the length of my limbs. What does that do? Helps me lift more. Is that eager lifting? No, because I know my body can handle it. Uh, my, you know, as we both work heavily on our posterior chain to make sure that it can take the load. So you need to learn about your own body rather than watching everyone else. It's brilliant to watch other people, but you also need to take a step back and watch how things will um, work for you. Yeah, if you're going to watch someone, watch someone with a similar, um, you know, similar physique to you in terms of like limb length, mm. movement mechanics um, and stuff like that. Um, 
Yeah, that'd be my advice. Yeah. Is don't, if you're six foot one, don't try and lift like the five foot six powerlifter. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to lift the same. No, no, it's, you know, it's all about knowledge. It's all about patience. Uh, you know, this, this, in fitness is as complicated as you make it. Um, obviously, there is so much science behind it these days, and it's very easy to get bogged down in it. It is very easy. I find, we both find it fascinating, don't we, at the end of the day, because it's, it's basically our living. Um, and it's nice to know about these things. But for general population, guys, you don't need to know all about that. Just learn the basics. You know, the golden era bodybuilding days had it right, didn't they? Compound y- movements. Yes and no. <laughs> well, yeah. But in respect to muscular growth and that sort of thing, you know, they focused heavily on the compound movements, didn't they? Um, they didn't overcomplicate all their training. And what happened? They produced some incredible physiques at the end of the day, didn't they? Do you know what a lot of the golden era bodybuilders did that a lot of the new age bodybuilders don't? Some do. Mm. It's actually strength training. Yeah, yeah. So it's and I'm going to call it. I'm not going to call them professional bodybuilders. Professional bodybuilders train correctly, mm. and it does show. Yeah, they end up in pretty insane physiques. Yeah, and they do lift a lot of weight. Jordan Peters. He's a strong bloke. He's a, a machine. Absolute joke, isn't he? Yeah. But um, you know, it's 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 that seems to be like the common, you know, go to thing to do at the gym is to go do three sets of ten, mm. you know, at the gym, you know, and it's doing three sets of ten of everything is great in your first year. Yeah. You know, you're going to run into a wall eventually. You've, mm. you've got to start exploring, you know, the strength side of it in order to progress. You know, the load intensity, um, and we'll get onto that or for our last topic actually but um, uh, yeah I can't remember what I was talking about now uh, strength training just, in the golden era yeah mm. um, I just I just don't see enough people doing no. strength training or they do very very silly movements for strength training like ridiculously high rack pulls that actually is doing nothing other than I've seen people do like a 3 inch rack pull as yeah. in the bar moves about maybe 3 inches tops if that and it doesn't make... They'll be like, oh, I'm training my back. Yeah, Actually, you? you're not. Same Are as you? like if someone injures their lower back when they deadlift. You're doing it wrong, buddy. It's... Uh, <laughs> I do it to improve my lockout. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I Funnily enough, actually, there was a lady in the gym today. She received quite a disrespectful comment on her Facebook video. She's got a very, very good bench, technically-wise. Um and you know we've been learning a lot about bench recently haven't we um and it's all you know when people arch people believe it's bad for your back no it's not you got to look at that in regards to it's a bridge so all the weight is being distributed from the glutes to the traps but also the people that are arching have gained the mobility to do that exactly um and I've completely forgot what I was actually going on to you're saying that a lady was getting some heat on yeah so I I found it very an interesting comment Everyone else did not, but I was just like, I actually replied on that, and I very, very rarely do that, but I actually said in the comment, I actually find that really interesting, because you've got that bro way of lifting, haven't you, where like they believe that bench is all chest, all sh- all triceps, all chest, and a little bit of delt. Ugh, it's not. Bench is a whole body movement. Oh my god, like the amount we learned at Alpha as well. Um, but anyway, like irrespective of that, it's... You... you you have to have every element of fitness within your training. You know, Jordan Peters, as we mentioned before, is a very, very intelligent bodybuilder. And he has, I can't what weight he got up to. He's a big lad and he's very, very strong. He incorporates strength-based movements 
into all of his training, including in his prep, because he's building such dense muscle fibers from doing it. Well, do you know what? Strength training teaches you to recruit more motor units. Yeah. So when you're trying to contract on stage, that muscle unit recruitment, uh, mm. recruitment is so important in order to make those muscles, you know, really, you know, define and pop. Mm. And, you know, that's a bodybuilding thing yeah. uh, as well as in your, uh, you know, as well as a uh, performance thing. Yeah. Um, you need to now to squeeze every bloody inch of your yeah. muscles in order to look at your peak on stage, right? But at the same time, we're not telling newbies to go away and focus completely on strength because then that leads to ego lifting and leads to other things. Mm. You know, that's more directed towards the more advanced athletes. Intermediates, yeah, yeah, intermediates are advanced, isn't it? You know, you actually know what your body can do, what you what you're doing as well. But you know, doing the same rep scheme, doing the same weight will work, especially if you're new. Maybe for the first six weeks, maybe, but you will quickly hit that plateau. Which nicely leads on to our last point: is doing the same thing mm. over and over, getting stuck in a routine. Um, you know, they say routine's the enemy. Um, half of that I agree with half of it I don't I mean if you've got a routine in terms of going to the gym and training at a certain time that's fine I mean there's I mean I don't I haven't really looked into the studies enough but you can I assume you know going in at the same time every day to train isn't the worst thing for your body no it's not maybe I should do more research on that but I'm sure there's been studies on like is it better to train in the morning or the evening based on your hormone levels and stuff like that or how you feel and stuff like that yeah I remember reading a study recently actually and uh, it's very obviously determined about what job you do what profession you do Um, so recently I've been training in the morning and it's my strength is not well to be fair actually no I lie my strength has actually not been too bad in the morning you've still been PB and volume wise yeah 100% I think it, it very much it's it's down to like the individual. Um, there's some studies that, no, well, I say some studies. Like the study that I read uh, was stating that it's good to train for strength in the evening because you've had the entire day of fuel uh, and warming up and warming up. Whereas in the morning, like very much like myself, I'm in a massive rush in the morning. So yeah. I haven't eaten pre-training. Uh, admittedly, normally I actually train fasted anyway. I'm not a huge advocate of eating beforehand. Um, but that again is something that newbies should not even consider. Eat your damn food. <laughs> <laughs> but just eat fairly clean food, eighty percent. Eat clean food, eighty percent of the time. That's yeah. basically what you're saying. Uh, you, you will grow, my friend. You will grow. So, you know, you have to create different stimulus stimuli for the body to adapt. So, if you do the same rep scheme, same weight for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, your body's just going to go. Well, what's the point i'm just gonna it's not a new stimulus yeah it's just gonna stay the same um yeah so we call it you know i it's called two things i guess um but the main thing it's called progressive overload yep and no matter what style of training you do that has to be in your training Mm. if you're not progressive if you haven't got progressive overload in your program you're not going to get anywhere no no matter what level of athlete you are especially if you're an advanced athlete yeah and we're not saying that week in, week out, you have to go up in weight. People often, they misunderstand that, don't they? You know, you don't have to go up in weight every single week. Weight isn't the only stimulus you can change. Reps, sets, that can, rest times. Rest. You know, that can all amount to intensity and increase in intensity. Lower rest times, shit, that's going to get harder. You can keep that same weight, but if you reduce that rest time, your body is once again going to go, what the fuck is going on? I need to change. You'll, you've also got to be careful with what you want to achieve so 
when when we program on All Out Performance UK, we program the change of stimulus Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> we program the change of stimulus based on the goal we want to achieve. So if we are trying to get stronger, we tend to increase the load. Yeah. If we are trying to improve our strength endurance, so our ability to do more reps at the same weight, we will decrease the rest or increase the reps over time. And um, I think that's a really important thing is to, one, if if you are newer, only change one stimulus at a time. Mm-hmm. At a time. If you're doing a progressive overload program, don't reduce the rest and increase the weight at the same time. Yeah. That's an advanced thing. And I mean, even for intermediates, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. You only need to change one element really for most people. At least then if it goes wrong, at least you've only got one variable that's changed. Exactly. <laughs> less, less to go back on and wonder, oh shit, what did I do wrong here? Yeah. Oh, I decreased the rest too much. Because I've been there. I mean, with especially gymnastics, I find is a really difficult thing to program for. Um, and I find the most effective thing to do is to increase sets Mm. Um, out of my um, guinea pigs I've trained over the years um, slowly increase sets and then eventually increase time under tension yeah um, which is another stimulus is time under tension is another one yes, yes. Um, there's so there's so many variables you can change for to make a program progressive and part of the name obviously to overload the overload the system mm. to you know force adaptation um i'd say my biggest advice is only change one yeah. element at a time whether it's rest sets reps load time under tension um I'm trying to think if there's any others i think time under tension is is definitely something that newbies should should be into. doing yeah 100 percent. they should be learning yeah. about time under tension so time time under tension if you're if you're sitting there and you don't understand what that is so time under tension is literally the time in which you are completing a movement so the time in which the muscle is under tension so a lot of the time you'll hear people saying focus on the eccentric so the eccentric is the downward portion of a lift we're going to leave it as that otherwise it's going to get very complicated the lengthening of a muscle yeah. under load yeah or under work. people's minds have just gone <laughs> um but yeah so you know if so you are effectively i believe it's like 1.75 times stronger on the eccentric is that correct i don't know if it's an exact science it's around that it's around that so uh depends on the movement i guess long story short what time under tension does is it's brilliant at reinforcing positioning and it forces you to learn more about that muscle that you are training you will actually feel that muscle if you're completing the lift correctly. Time under tension also means you cannot go heavy. Well, you can when you're more advanced, when you're stronger, but oh my God, you will feel a burn like no other. So time under tension can be controlled both eccentrically and concentrically yeah. and isometrically. Mm. So all, so basically you can shorten a muscle, lengthen a muscle or hold a muscle in place. It's mm. basically what those three terms mean. And all three of those elements are time under tension controlled. Um, and all three of them can be used to make it harder. Um, for newbies, obviously the eccentric phase is an awesome tool for you guys to use. Yeah. Um, and you will get DOMs like you've never felt in your life. Mm. Um, uh, I'd say increasing time under tension on the concentric phase is probably the last thing to do. Yeah, it's a bit more advanced. I would, I would go eccentric, isometric, concentric mm. in terms of ordering. Because yeah. um, if, if, you, you, if you're positioning slightly off on that concentric... You're instilling bad habits again. Yeah. Um, 
and eccentrics are m- much easier to focus on in terms of position and stuff like that and form. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking to myself, maybe I'd even go isometrics first. No, I'd probably go eccentric, isometric, yeah, concentric. Is- isometrics I find very, very taxing. Um, they are very taxing. Especially if you're doing like uh, pin deadlifts or pin squats. You've got to produce maximal force against those pins. And it's tiring, especially like CNS-wise. Um, you do feel very, very fatigued after doing them. Uh, so I don't really know when would be best. It also depends on sport as well, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, sport, what your goal is. Mm. Um, so for, let's say, martial arts. Is bodybuilding a sport? Let's save that for another podcast, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> what we'll do, we'll get Greg on that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll get Greg. Or oh, Dan Barnett. Or Dan Barnett, there oh, you go. Dan, give me a shout. Um, yeah, so I, you know, for an example, if you're in martial arts, you know, if you do martial arts, I think isometrics are hugely beneficial. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, in karate, people hold horse stance. Mm. If those that don't know what it is, basically a half squat. Yep. And you have to hold that for ages while doing other stuff. Mm. And, you know, um, isometrics are great for balance, mm-hmm. you know, keeping your joints safe and stuff. Um, and then eccentrics are going to be really beneficial to gymnasts. Yeah. So holding positions and you and know weightlifters so yes it is incredibly beneficial for weightlifters because they just don't do enough of it mm. um, a lot of weightlifting is relying on stretch reflex yeah. and quads <laughs> yeah I'll be honest um, which is why eccentrics are massively beneficial for them because you know it it does you if you want to lift more weight you've just got to be stronger yeah yeah in weightlifting and you know that's a whole another topic entirely we could do a whole I could do a whole yeah. four-hour podcast on weightlifting alone, alone. but um, a lot of weightlifters are trying to snatch and clean jerk more, but not focusing on Foundation. squatting and deadlifting more. Mm. It's much easier to throw weight over your head if you can deadlift more weight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I've been trying to make a point of this on my Instagram is that I haven't been doing any direct Olympic lifting training, but I'm still PBing my Olympic lifts. Mm. Yes, I've laid a long line of foundation in terms of learning the movement mechanics and doing them properly and doing them as effective as I can for my body structure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the lifts are automatic to me. I don't have to think about what I'm doing too much. Technical proficiency, did you say? Technical proficiency, which was one of our earlier things. I think mine needs to get a t-shirt with technical proficiency on it. We should definitely make a technical proficiency <laughs> Um You know, like, uh, uh, what's it? Barbell shrugged have the hip extension one. Yeah, yeah. In like um, what they called? What do you call it? Syllables. Yeah. We should get a technical proficiency one. Um. Anyway. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. (laughs) Um. We've seriously got to stop plugging (laughs) so much. (laughs) Guys, please please note that this is late at night and we're both very very tired. So we apologise for the ramble. It's currently what half ten. Yeah, and we we've both been up since about half five this morning. No. Um. Yeah. Sorry. So um. I've been working very heavily with Ash on my back squat and deadlift. And those are the only variables I've been really working with. And all of my snatches have gone up. My power clean's gone up. Mm. Um, without any, you know, direct limb lifting training. Yeah. Which just goes to kind of prove my point a little bit. Mm. Is that, you know, I I top up my technique every once in a while. Mm. I've been Olympic lifting a little bit more recently because I'm stronger now. Yeah. So I've been just seeing how everything feels. Um, I want my legs to still be a little bit stronger than they are because I did a I did a one thirty clean earlier. My legs are a little tired from the week's training, but 
I'd like that 130 clean to feel even easier than it than it yeah, should have. I know what you mean. Yeah. Should have flown up a little bit quicker, but I'm going to take that into account that I did max reps at 142 and a half mm. on Monday. <laughs> I think with fresh legs, I think I'd fucking fluster that fucking weight. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, my point is. I forgot what my point is. I've completely forgot what we're talking about. We've yeah, gone on a massive tangent. We have indeed. Um, sorry, that was it. Weightlifting, basically, you know, get stronger. Don't just do snatch and clean jerk all the time. Mm. Um, Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not because um, a lot of weightlifting programs program, you know, back squat, front squat. They program them high rep, hypertrophy style. Mm. It's like, no, 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 no. 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 It's strength train. Yeah. Build that build that strength foundation mm. that makes it easier for you to pick up weight off the ground and yeah. stand weight up mm. it's amazing how much like because obviously I, I I don't know much about weightlifting but I understand the mechanics of the movements and to me it just seems so basic and yet the basics are just being ignored like you know oh I can't clean this weight alright well work on your front squat well, it's a case of like, why can't you clean that weight? Yeah. So for me, it's not the technique that's holding me back. It's my leg strength, yeah. which is why I've gone on this massive like squatting and powerlifting phase, mm. which has helped me a ton. But if you're, oh, str- you. <laughs> if you're struggling on, you know, the turnover or, you know, the pull off the ground or the timing, that's a technique issue. Mm. Go right down to below 50, 40 to 50% and just drill technique for sets and just volume. practice good form and it will carry over if you're like me get under the weight fine get to about halfway up the squat and then just all of a sudden hit a brick wall and then drop the weight get stronger Mm. which is a tough pill for me to swallow but I've done it I've put massively put weightlifting aside for the last what 12 weeks now longer probably probably even longer than that yeah um, and I'll, I'll Olympic lift maybe like once every two weeks mm. up for a while and I've probably done I'll probably Olympic lift at least twice a week now thank god yeah so refreshing to start doing that again I love it so much <laughs> but um, I'm still prioritising my strength training uh, big time so I'm squatting every Monday and you know I'm trying to do like sort of maybe front squat front squats on a Thursday just yeah. to um, you know make sure it, the squats carry over a little bit so I'm not unfamiliar with the front rack position, um, but my back squat has to go up before I really focus on a full Olympic lifting cycle. It's just no point otherwise. Mm. Yeah. And we were actually talking about um, time under tension, and we've got a massive weightlifting tangent. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely been a an interesting podcast this us because we've gone on so many different tangents at so many different occasions. We um, always do this though, even when we just talk off podcast, don't we? Yeah, we're pretty scatty in respects to that, but. You know, the thing is with us is we're so passionate about this and, you know, as we said at the start, we want to help as many people as we can. You know, I know we were doing like jokingly saying shameless plugs, but guys, like, just listen to this and we hope it helps you. If you, if you don't check out our stuff, no worries, it don't matter as long as you've listened to this and, you know, if it helps you, then fantastic. If you've listened to this, thank you very much. Yeah, 100%. If you've got to this point of this podcast, <laughs> I'm actually fucking impressed. Thank you very much. <laughs> but we really do help. We really do hope. We, oh wow, you can really tell on time. We really that. do hope. God, uh, we really do hope that this has helped you guys. Um, you know, even advanced guys, we, we really do. You know, we try and put the information across in a joking manner as well. You know, we don't take ourselves too seriously in many. Respects. No, absolutely not. Um, and we're by no means experts in no. anything. We're just a bit of a jack of all trades at the moment, mm. learning from other people, 
I mean, I'm basing all my knowledge off experience. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to go down that road, but, um, you know, I don't like to think of myself as better than anyone. No, nor do I. That was a joke, guys, by the way. Um, there's, uh, you can you can learn off you can learn something off anyone I think yeah hundred percent someone you know you can learn off people you don't expect to learn off mm. I've learned off I've learned things off people I coach in mm. terms of PT and stuff yeah um, whether it's by accident or if they've you know given me feedback on something like why don't you do it this way and I'd be like oh okay I'll try it and then it Shit, happens to work quite well mm. you know so I think that's the main thing with especially if um, with our sort of role. Is that never get complacent? No. Like never think that you know everything because you really don't. No. No. Not at all. Not at all. Continuously study. You know, um, and obviously be patient and just be a master, uh, be a student of this. Hundred percent. Um, and that's probably, I think that's my biggest bit of advice um, to newbie lifters and intermediate lifters, like any lifter. Any lifter. Yeah. Jesus Christ, you can tell I'm tired right now. Um, but yeah, you know, be a student, be patient and just enjoy it yes be patient enjoy the process yeah mm. you it's better to make so i i've i've I, do you know what i can't remember where i heard this but if you know you think of like if you made if you gained in strength one pound a day that's 365 pounds a year mm. in strength you've gained that's unrealistic but you just think if i'm just one pound stronger a day so one it's an interesting topic because if I if I was doing back squat and I started at 6 kilos day one then next week I did 61 kilos mm. week after that I did 62 kilos that's that's progressive overload yeah but if I put on if I got a kilo a week stronger you know that would be I'd be very fucking strong very that, very quick yeah, yeah. but that, I mean that is the level of linear progression it takes mm. it's like one kilo a week different or one rep a week different or two or you yeah. know, probably not more than two reps more in terms of rep progression no. No. Um, and especially with kilo progression I mean it helps if you've got fractional plates yeah it does especially for the smaller lifts like strict press strict press goes up like five kilos every two years <laughs> oh I think it's more every ten years for me it is the hardest movement to progress oh. but that's why fractional plates are important for a movement like that yeah but you you should be doing like you should be PBing by like maybe two and a half kilo a year if you're dedicating time to it. And at the end of the day, PB is a PB. You know, celebrate every single one of them. PB is a PB. Yeah. Um, do you Very remember, true. Do you remember when Hindle told us that he'd done 190 kilo behind the neck press? I felt <laughs> like my like my whole entire life had just shattered in front of me. <laughs> that is an insane press. Yeah. Anyway, guys, we're both gonna go get some sleep. Actually, we're not. We're gonna have a meeting now. But hope you enjoyed this. Um, and next week we won't have a podcast unfortunately because I'm away on holiday he's going to Greece lack of commitment but it's one of those things we want to create good content and we don't want to rush content Um, we could have easily sat here and done another one but we don't really know what we talk about yeah and you know we don't don't want to create pointless shit no absolutely Um, so if you did enjoy this please like us on Facebook check out our YouTube channel if you fancy it Anyway, whatever you're doing on the day you're listening to this, enjoy your day, have a fantastic one. And remember, guys, enjoy training. Absolutely. All right, speak to you all soon. See you later, guys. Cheers. See you later, guys. Cheers. See you later, guys.